everybody and welcome to another episode of the Built Environment powered by the School of Alberta Studies in Yabakwe Technology on your dining station, Evertech Radio 89.3 FM, the station with the vibes. Today we are back with a big poster. We have one of the big fish, is it fish or fishes, in the ocean to discuss with us the effective delivery of construction projects in Nigeria and the role of the cows counter. You are delighted with this, my name, and with me, hosting today, we have... Tani Badeodi. Yes, and Dr. Tani will introduce our guest, because the guest is too big for me to introduce. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, just uh, read out in a brief profile of uh, uh, Mr. Inagudo. Udwak Inagudo was born into uh, a humble home in Eket, Akwaibom State where he attended government primary school, Okon, and completed with a distinction. He then became a pioneer student of Federal Government College in Lorry, completed his school certificate with distinction in 1977. He proceeded to the University of Ife again as a pioneer student of quantity surveying, where he obtained his BSc in 1982. He served in Kano and became a pioneer staff of quantity surveying Federal Polytechnic Nasara in 1984 where he coordinated the establishment of the ND program in quantity surveying. He joined Yaba Tech in 1986 as a lecturer too and rose to become chief lecturer in 2002. He has obtained his MSc in construction management from the University of Lagos since 1989. And he has been the head of department, head of the quantity surveying department twice and was later appointed dean of School of Environmental Studies in 2011 where he made a lot of impact. He, had, he later served as the director academic planning unit of the college where he supervised and nurtured commencement of about 16 academic programs in four years. He has served also as, and is still serving as director Yabatech Consult Limited. He has also served as the chairman and members of many committees including the senior staff investigation committee. Currently he is the deputy rector administration in Java College of Technology. He has several publications to his credit and is also uh, qualified professionally. Um, and he has served on the Nigeria uh, he has served at the Nigerian Institution of Consciousness as an examiner and coordinator of the institution examinations for about ten years. He is also serving as he also serves as a consultant to many public and private sector construction projects. This is actually a very intimidating profile. And I, I, I dare say that you are a man of many firsts. Because <laughs> you, 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 you pioneered almost everything. <laughs> you are welcome. Well, I am going welcome. He is the current director admin of the college. You welcome, sir. Thank you. Uh, but uh, let me start by coming first now. So you are going to start a bit too. I don't want to call it belonging. Yes. Uh, that's I want to be more sure. So let's let's leave that project to this. Yes, so welcome, sir. Okay. You have been a wonderful mentor personally and I'm so happy you're here on this program. Um effective delivery of construction projects in Nigeria and the role of the cost counter. Now who who is the cost counter? Thank you so much. Thank you so much, and uh, I want to appreciate you for giving me the opportunity to be on even I myself am a cost counter. <laughs> the cost counter, uh, you can trace its origin to over 250 years ago when uh, the small constructions were going on. And uh, at that time, you see what uh, people do is you uh, have people who will be counting materials as they come to the sites. And of course, uh, is this counter of materials later turned out to be uh, a measurer? 
years sometimes. So instead of uh, counting the material, they will now be measuring the material. And from material, uh, from being a measurer, of course, you know, was now being referred to as a cost counter. In the other words, it does not only count material, but it counts costs. So with the uh, ever-increasing volume of uh, construction, of course, uh, a provision was developed from this. And uh, today, the cost counter is being referred to as a quantity surveyor, especially in most Commonwealth countries. In other parts of the world, in America, a quantity surveyor this the same cost counter is being referred to as a cost engineer. And in some other parts of the world, they are being referred to as a construction economy experts. Construction economy experts. In the other words, the quantity surveyor is, is experts in, uh, in uh, cost and procurement management. This war, who is concerned with the financial uh, property as well as uh, giving the client value for every construction work, right from inception through planning to execution and uh, completion. And even in some cases, of course, it goes beyond the completion. After the completion, you will still have to sometimes some costs are incurred in uh, the building. For example, this building where we are, of course, you find out that if uh, it was a total cost was taken into consideration, you see this building we are, which has started to be dilapidated, will not get to this because that cost of maintaining it, maybe every two years, every five years, will also be taken into consideration. So that's uh, the cost counter for you. Who is now a quantity surveyor? Okay. Um, I know there's a part in the scripture that says that no one starts a project without putting an end date. How true is that? That's the origin of the <laughs> that's the origin of the cost counting itself, the provision itself. The origin. You see, normally there is nothing, there is no discipline we have in the world today which you cannot trace its origin to the Bible, to the scripture. Is it architecture? Is it law? Is it medicine? Is it pharmacy? Is it estate management? Is it, is it planning? Is it uh, psychology? Is it sociology? Is it uh, warfare? Everything we can trace its origin to the scripture. And so quantity surveyor is not one. In fact, its origin is dated back to the time of Noah, when he was God asked him to build an act. And of course, when Christ himself came, of course, he was emphasizing that those who want to follow him, they must first of all sit down and count the stock. stock. Because he costs much, he costs much for one to be his follower. And so that's why he specifically said, Is any of you want to build a building or a tower who will not first of all sit down and count the cost? So that is the origin. So, origin of every, every discipline. And trace it to the scripture, to the Bible. And before I allow Dr. Rufal ask a question based on the data, your paper that we're looking into the effective delivery of construction projects in Nigeria and the role of cost counter happens to be an inaugural paper that you presented years back. What led to that paper and what was your findings before we go to the paper? Is that uh, paper? See, inaugural lecture, you know, in, to many people, inaugural lecture means a different thing. But of course, the, that paper was uh, a compendium of uh, my studies as a, as a quantity surveyor and as an educationist. You see, I have carried out some uh, research work. And so it was a compendium of uh, my research work, and most part of my research work has centered on uh, on uh, 
delivery of uh, construction projects. It has to do with the way how costs arrive at the cost of uh, delivering construction projects. It also has to do with uh, how contractors are selected to carry out this construction project. So that's what led to it. And because of all my studies, it comes, I've come to realize that in Nigeria, it's not very, it was not a, it was difficult to see a project which was, which has been, or has been still, which is effectively delivered. In the other word, it's successfully delivered. It's very, very difficult. Yes. The percentage is, was very, very low. Studies have carried out over time. You see, when you talk of a project being successfully completed, there are three parameters. Because the first is uh, quality, what you want to do, what is the desired quality of what you want to do. The second is cost, the third is time. So, for every construction project, there is quality, there is time, there is cost. And in most of the projects studied, none of these qualities, none of these uh, parameters were met. Sometimes a project of one year is completed in five years, some two years, some one and a half years. Very rare to see a project which was originally intended to be completed in one year being completed within one year. The same thing with costs. It's also difficult. A project which is uh, to cost or designed to cost uh, maybe 500 million is very difficult to see it being completed within that budget, within that contract. Some. Sometimes you find a project of uh, 500 million will jump to over 1 million. Mm. A project of even 18 million will jump to almost 36. 40, 50 million. And then not to talk of quality. Look at this building where we are. It's just about 10 years, this about 10 years old. And look at the, this. But you see there are some other buildings in this campus. You go to engineering buildings. Yes. It's Geology. as old as uh, a college. The urology building is as old as the college of us, uh, almost 70, 80 years. But it's still solid. But this one is just about uh, 10 years old. You see, everywhere. the ceilings are not there, the tiles on the walls are not there. So the qualities are not met. So these three parameters, once these three parameters are not met, resolve the cost, time, and this, it means that it's not effectively completed. It's not successfully or efficiently completed. So that's what led me to the choice of this uh, topic. So if, if, we, if I understand you correctly, you're saying that uh, the Constitution of Yale has a role in making sure that projects are delivered. Very big role. Very big role. So very prominent role. Oh, okay. So my question is, if the role of the Constitution of Yale is so important, how would you assess the development of that profession in this country? Um, to put that in other words, I'd say this. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like there are some professions that are not seen as important as some. So in the built environment, for instance, one would argue and say that um, a lot of people have found a way to do without architects, without the planners, and without the quantities of yours, but they have, they have to work with builders. How would you assess the uh, development of the quantities of profession in Nigeria? Yes. <coughs> Thank you so much. You see, when we started, there was a question on uh, um, the cost counting and uh, the Bible. Uh, Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must carry your what? Your cross. And uh, you must sit down also and count the cost. Because if you don't do so, you won't be able to follow me. You see, even in the, even in the Christianity, we, the life we live today. How many of us pay attention to that? How many? What do we all pay attention to? God is good all the time. God is merciful. But we didn't know that it costs us, it will cost us a lot of things for us to be a follower of Christ. 
costs us time, it costs us money. A lot of things we need to deny ourselves. But people don't pay attention to that. And that's how it is for quantities of it in Nigeria. Even in most parts of Africa, it costs engineers. We don't pay attention to it, that provision. And because we don't pay attention to the, that provision, that is why that provision is not developed. How many people know who is a quantity surveyor? Even up till today, if you ask people who is a quantity surveyor, will say the person who helped me survey my land. Yes. So people don't pay attention to it. What matters? People don't pay attention to it. And that's why the provision is not growing. That's why many people are not encouraged. For example, even my, I, had, I have four children. I was thinking that one of them will, be, will follow my footsteps, become a quantity surveyor. But when you mention to it, they will tell you what is a quantity surveyor. The same thing in everywhere, even up to the government level. People don't pay attention to it. Of course, what people pay attention to is medicine, it's law. The same thing, even other uh, discipline too, in the bill environment, the planning. See, sometimes people don't pay attention to so who is a planner, environment, regional planning. They don't pay attention to it. If they even pay a little attention to the architect, the urban planner is neglected, which is very, very important. Until when they put it that cross, that red thing, that's when people will begin to. So the development of the provision has been very, very slow in Nigeria. Has been very, very slow, and uh, because uh, of uh, lack of awareness, uh, I think that is a major factor. Is, is it possible that we also be because of the guys' relevance? As a, okay, if I give, I want to do the company. I don't need the cost. Uh, it costs a lot to give me the cost. I think it costs a lot cost of 10 million. And I can now call the brickyard that will be for me for 2 million. Why would I need the cost? Because that's the matter that the question of that is supposed to be the cost evaluation of that structure. So if I didn't tell me the cost, and it's way above my head, not in my neck, and I can guess what I can give it materials cheaper, so why need the cost? Because you don't need the costing to do approval. You don't need the costing to do anything. You just have an idea of the cost of the structure. Yes. That is why it's not really Yes, that is true to some extent. But you see, the fact that you don't need the cost for, to get approval mm -hmm. for what you want to build, you don't, uh, and that is one of the reasons why people don't pay attention to it. Exactly. But you need costs to ensure that what you are building is effectively completed and it will stand the test of time. You see, because uh, if uh, if uh, you don't uh, know the cost, you might start somewhere along the line. You will get yourself uh, stuck up. Or somewhere you might start and complete your building. After it, you will see that your building will be, will be doing like somebody who is uh, having uh, a stroke. You will be going to one side. Yes, because when the, if you if uh, the, you have done what you're supposed to do, if you have done what you're supposed to do and you have the idea of the cost, of course it will help you to know what to do. You wanted to build a four-bedroom gongado, and you said you didn't need one, and uh, you need a case. You have a, the, uh, the architect has designed and the structural man has made some input depending on the location. Of course the the cost will then come in. And if you know the cost, you will say, no, I can't cope with this. Why don't I go for two bedrooms? Which I will be able to cope comfortably. That's why where the, the cost matters. Because if not so, you might start. You might not be able to complete it. And, and you might start, you might complete it, but the building will not stand the pace of time. Or sometimes you might even, you might even continue, and you'll find out that along the line, 
we started we will find out that the thing was just start crumbling. <laughs> That's the, what we refer to collapse of uh, building, the structure or the building. Okay, so, so taking up from that question, does it mean that there's a relationship between the poor development of the profession and the inefficiencies in the mortgage system? So let me explain what I'm saying. So you know, everywhere else in the world, it's you. The normal thing is you want to go into the development. You can get a mortgage, you know, that helps you to your development and then you pay back over a period of time. So of course, if I'm going to get the lump sum, I need to know the cost of what I'm going to do. Definitely, I need to patronize the quantities of bill. But because in this part of the world, we develop incrementally. So the person builds one room, stays in that room until he gets money, he can put another room, you know. So maybe that has to do with the fact that it's, a, it's the money I have that I will use. Since I know I'm not getting lump sums. Do you think there's a connection between there, there is a big, uh, there is a big connection, and in fact, that's why the the quantity survey, the quantity surveyors becomes very, very relevant. You see, you are saying that if you build instrumentally, how do you know that the the portion you want to build, how how, how will it cost? What will be, what will be the cost input? That's why if you want to do building stage, if the quantity surveyor will be, you find will be in a better position if you tell him this is your budget. That he will be in a better position to even advise you. Why don't you do it in stages? When you get to this stage, you can you slow down. When you get to this stage, this is how much it will cost you to make more input. This is how much it will cost you. If you want to start with uh, building this, developing the structure, it will tell you the cost just developing the structure and then making, uh, getting uh, one or two rooms out of it first for you to occupy. Depending when you have more money, they will tell you the next stage you need to complete the next two rooms, it will cost you this. Of course, you will do, these things will be done at heels and you will not be cheated. You see, the emphasis here is obtaining value for the money you want to spend. That is the emphasis. The emphasis is obtaining value for what you want to spend, that you are not cheated by the people who want to help you to deal. You are not cheated by the people who want to give you the mortgage. You are not cheated by the people who want to help you to design. Because if the design is, uh, you talk, you can talk of, uh, if the design is too expensive, you can look for alternative design alternative design. So in any way you look at it, the quantities of it or the cost counters rule cannot be overemphasized if you must obtain value for your money. Okay. Yes, um, we're still with the Deputy Director Admin, Mr. Ubrahim Udo, the Chief Lecturer and a fellow of the Institute of Quantity Survey. We've got a quick break, and when we come back, we still have more discussion to do with this type of thing. Thank you. Environment is a discussion program that deals with various topical issues like estate valuation, property management, as they affect the functionality and efficiency of the environment. Tune in to Yabatech Radio 89.3 FM every Wednesday from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. The built environment is powered by the School of Environmental Studies, Yaba College of Technology. Through the effective labor of construction projects in Nigeria. 
and the role of the cost counter. Yes, um, other the the proper projects in Nigeria, consider project with this cost counting. How how has it been in analysis? Has it been effective? Has it been been so coordinated well? Procurement uh, process in Nigeria is uh, not unique from most other things uh, we do in Nigeria. You see, the, the Nigerian uh, factor, mm. what we call the Nigerian factor, as in no small measure influences the procurement uh, process in Nigeria. And uh, this uh, influence is what has led to what had earlier on said, that in the study I've carried out, it was uh, very few projects are effectively completed in Nigeria. When you use those three parameters of, uh, of course, time and uh, quality. So the procurement uh, exercise in Nigeria, procurement uh, management exercise of construction project has been uh, very, very arbitrary. And there is a lot of disdain for rules and uh, regulations. The, the World Bank has a standard. The World Bank has a standard. And the United Nations uh, Commission for uh, Trade and uh, Law also has a standard to be followed. All along, most of these uh, standards, most of these uh, processes are not followed. What you see, the, in this, uh, the current republic, I've tried a lot in the course of my study to ensure that these things, are, the process is followed, the best practice in the procurement of construction project are followed. Sure that there is strict compliance with the financial uh, rules and regulations. But the, my study has shown that most of the things, uh, while uh, there has been increase, for example, let's take uh, my study was uh, divided into both the public and the private sector. Along the line, in the private sector, to a certain extent, these processes were being followed. But in the public sector, it was very rare in the past. But of recent efforts have been made to follow the process. But most of the things are just uh, facets, just uh, a cover up. For, a, for instance, for project to be procured, of course, you must, you suppose, a uh, public project is in particular, you need to advertise to get consultants who will handle the project, you need to advertise to get the contractor who will work on the project. What you see of recent, this current uh, dispensation, that advertisement is going in. In fact, in most cases, again, we just leave for it. In fact, the study carried out, the last study that I carried out shows that in 85% of the project done in public sector, Baptismal process is completely uh, religiously followed. But the issue is the other processes which followed are they followed? Just advertise, just advertise, just cover up the other part actually followed. Let me cite, for example, there are cases of multiple tendering. When they advertise, you might find out that one firm. One firm can have three, four, five business names mm. and use to apply for that uh, project. And uh, even when you carry out the pre-qualification exercise, you find out that it will be difficult because the way we carry out pre-qualification exercise here in Nigeria, that is also a big problem. We don't verify 
most of the information we get from the from the fairness. Because as them because the purpose of the qualification is to be able to know who you want to establish a relationship with and the client or the employer wants to establish a relationship. It's similar to diligence when you want to two companies want to match or you want to acquire another company, you need to carry out due diligence or you need to match. You need to study the have a lot of information and data about it so that you know what you want to acquire or what the company you want to match with, or the company you want to work with. So it's the construction project also to carry out your construction project, the employer is supposed to know who he wants to work with. Even the consultant is supposed to know them. And the only way you can know them is by getting information from them and verifying those information. Not just getting the information, because they can give you any information. They can tell you who they are, but in actual sense they are not. So there is always a way of verifying this. But you see, when we obtain this information, we don't go a long way to verify it. And that's why very often we entered into the wrong hand. Mm. In fact, I will call it, we enter into 419. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm going into, entering into one answer. Yes. Are there quacks in this profession? But then, what is the level of corruption in this profession? And how can we get out of it? You see, the profession is operating is uh, is is, uh, is, op- is operating in Nigeria. I mean, in Nigeria, you see, <laughs> anything goes. Mm-hmm. There are quacks everywhere. There are quacks everywhere, especially in this part of the world. Not only are there quacks, there are people who don't like to follow rules. There are people who like to be involved in sharp practices. So there are many of them, either in the consultant site, or the client site, or even the contractor site. So there are quacks everywhere. And that's the purpose of uh, pre-qualifications. That's the purpose of pre-qualifications. You see, when if you carry out proper pre-qualifications, you will minimize and eliminate some of these things, the, 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 the quacks do, and uh, those uh, construction firms who are not serious. You see, not every construction firm can handle any project. There are some who cannot They have different areas. That is the purpose of pre-qualification. Pre-qualification is to assess whether they are technically and financially fit handle the projects you want to carry out. And the only way of doing so is to advertise and ask for information from them. And when you get those information, so many of those documents, they will present it to you. We're supposed to verify those information. But this is a long and a tedious process. But you know in Nigeria, what we love is shortcut. Mm. We love shortcuts in Nigeria. Everything we want to do shortcut. Even the religion we practice, we want to follow the shortcut. You know, we were talking about the area that Jesus Christ said, who wants to follow me must sit down first and carry the account because we don't bother about that area because we want shortcut. The cross is heavy. And the cross is heavy. And, the, and, the, and, the, and for, for you to get a result, you need time to do these things. It's a tedious process and it requires time. But you find out that in Nigeria they want to do this thing within uh, yesterday. It should have been done yesterday. Things which are supposed to take six months, they want you to do it in one week, two weeks, three weeks. There is no way you can get resolved. You can't get resolved. You can't get resolved. You, you can't do the assessment of all these contracts, especially when many of them apply to be pre-qualified to do the work. It's not something you can do in one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks.
course, you need to verify this information. You need to come back to the office and carry out some analysis. Analyze these facts and score them. Because it's like a, you are lecturers. We are all lecturers. You know, it takes time to assess students' questions. Yes. yes. That's exactly what we do if you are really pre-qualified. To assess all those things. Information on their technical staff, information on their equipment, information on their tax certificate, information on their, on their projects they have handled before, the clients they have worked with before. Sometimes you need to verify these things with those clients they have mentioned. But how many of us go that way? Where is the time? Because the time is not there for you to confirm. When you were working with this firm, how were they, how did they relate with you? What, how do you? what do you observe about them and so on and so forth? But it does not mean that because you have worked with this, you have worked with that, you have worked with this. No, you don't just take it like that. You need to confirm those things. That's the pre-qualification process. And that's why those two things, bill of quantities, pre-qualification exercise, you see, are so important. And then it is those two instruments we use in having a level playing ground. good price, good time, uh, framework for the completion of the day, and even the quality we are talking about. Thank you, sir. So, um, uh, you, you picked a lot of holes in the current system. I want to imagine that in your study and in your publication, you have given some recommendations as to how this system can be improved. Can you just help us with, give us some of those recommendations? Yes. You see, there are a lot of rules. Uh, For example, we have said the QS is not well known, it's not well, uh, it's not, uh, the awareness is low, and people hardly use it. You see, one of the solutions is to get across to the cost counter, the quantity available, or the cost in the force. You see, the knowledge base. Their knowledge base, which covers engineering, construction, and economics, and even law to some extent, makes them to be in the best position to advance. And on this, all these rules and regulations we are talking about, all these international best practices in the, in the procurement of uh, construction projects. So the, it is necessary for the QS, for the quantity surveyor to be consulted first. Or among the first, not just the engineer first, the, the, the urban and regional planner first. When you are consulting the architect, the quantity surveyor should be consulted simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Even in the bill in civil engineering and other similar projects, the same thing as you are consulting the engineer. Are consulting the quantities of us simultaneously, not bringing him in after the project has been the design has been completed. That is the starting point. Two, you see, we need to give more time for the procurement process. This uh, giving of uh, two weeks, uh, three weeks, uh, five weeks. You see, people will tell you you must uh, you must advertise. You give uh, two weeks, three weeks, yeah, uh, five five weeks notice so that people will submit their uh, documents. People will uh, tender their uh, price, bill, or quantity. You can't help me to get good result. You can't. The time frame is not adequate. We are always in a hurry, and we are hurrying to know. Mm -hmm. And uh, three, of course, this this uh, process. See, in the in the in Nigeria, there is dual process office. There is project uh, and budget monitoring and this. But the people who are working there, do they have this knowledge? 
what, what is the extent of their knowledge of what is to be done? And that's why sometimes you see what they vex. And you see some of the things, even some of the, there are some loops hole, even in the, in the, in the current uh, procurement uh, rules and this thing we have in the country. They will tell you that if you have pre-qualified somebody and you have known, of course you believe that they are on the same level, any of them can carry out this job if it was truly done. Then, of course, when the summit, when the crisis comes, of course, you should know that because all the five or six or seven or ten of them have been pre-qualified, they are found to be capable of doing this work technically. Of course, when they submit the, the quotation, we should also rely on it if you have done a good work. So why do you need to now say, hey, sometimes hey, this bit is too low? too low. You must go for this. You see, that's, you see, leaves loophole for sharp practices in the choice or the selection of the contractor. So we tell you plus 5% of the consultant figure. What of if the consultant himself is not sound? What of if the consultant himself was not pre-qualified? He just picked somebody. And you didn't pre-qualify you don't know who he is. And he gave you, why, why do you, how can you depend on that? On his uh, figure and use it as a benchmark. Then the benchmark comes from the people, the contractors you have pre-qualified, the six, seven of them you have pre-qualified and you have called them to tender for to give you the financial bits. Because they are experts in this, they do this, is what they do. The consultant they very often has uh, some limitations. So that's why the people, we, there is need also to rework on the procurement uh, act. Even the current procurement act where it has some shortcomings. You know, I always make a comment that Nigeria was designed not to work. Nigeria was designed not to work. That's why everything we do. Because the design was done, was made in such a way that it will not work. Do you know that if you design a building and you give it to the Julius Vega of this world, the RCC of this world, do the construction from follow the design. No, if the design is bad, the, the resulting product will be what? Will be bad. Because they are following the design. They are following the design. So that's why I always say Nigeria was designed not to work. And that's why it will be difficult for us to make it uh, work. Coupled with corruption. Coupled with corruption. Corruption comes to compound the already bad design. Bad design. Wow. Uh, sir, the, the, this is a campus based on our station and our, our targets are more viewed, listening to us. This, um, we have the public quantity of this in college. How can we bring this to them at that level? So that they will have better cost counter, better quantity of yours when you graduate. Yes, the institute is doing its best. Nigerian Institute of Quantity Surveillance are doing their best. And uh, we, the teachers, we are also doing uh, our best. And uh, when we were directly involved, directly involved, you know, sometimes it's good when we get involved in anything, leave the stage when the relation is high. Yes. You know, we, we, we made some inputs, even in our curricula, uh, curricula and uh, just our curricula. 
to suit the, what is happening in our environment. And uh, of course, as uh, teachers of uh, this uh, will-be provisionment, you see, we have to emphasize on the, this issue of poor design. Poor design in terms of uh, even, the, even the curriculum. And the curriculum might be poorly designed. For example, there was a time a building was marked with quantities of it in the 90s. Interesting. You see, I knew the input I made would be then president of the Nigerian Institute of Quantities of it, that they had to separate the two programs. Yes. You see, people, so because when you combine the two, you see, it, does not, it will not give you room to concentrate on the body of knowledge, the body of knowledge for that provision. And that's why we did a lot. We did any president of the institute, one Motala, and we make sure that the NBT, the regulatory body, had to separate the program. So the institute is doing its best to ensure that uh, the right thing is done. And it's not only with the, at this youth level, even at the government level. But we know there is this thing called this virus called corruption. <laughs> you see, if you design the system well, if the act is well designed, you know you might to some extent eliminate corruption. But when the design has an embedded has embedded give room for corruption. There is no way you will, corruption will not because the design has allowed for corruption. Can I, can I ask a question? Yes. So I'm thinking of how Nigerian economy, you know, Nigeria has a peculiar economy. I heard the report once that said Nigeria's economy doesn't follow any particular pattern. You know, and how does that impact on the work of the cost counter? Because you make a, you make uh, uh, you prepare a BFT today using current rates. Tomorrow, so just one thing can happen that will change, you know, prices. So how does that impact on your profession? Well, with my little knowledge of uh, economics, you know, I told you that the body of knowledge of quantities of it includes engineering, construction. Economics and law to some extent. The Nigeria economy follow any other part of the world economy. The problem is with we Nigerians. It's not with the economy. It's we Nigerians who manipulate the system. It's we manipulate the system. It's not the economy. The economy will always follow the same pattern. When the demand is is high, the price will be high. When the supply is high, the demand will be, or the price will be low for. But we manipulate the system. Corruption will not allow. That's why I said the system has been designed in such a way that it's very easy to manipulate. And even when you want to correct it, you see our religious leaders, our traditional rulers, will do everything to put pressure. No, it can be done. Even when you want to discipline those who are wrong, they will come. So the system has been designed in such a way that it will be difficult to make it uh, work. Just like the construction project we are saying, if the, it's not effectively de delivered, why is it not effectively delivered? Because the budget, the, the budget, uh, the baseline, the cost, the quality baseline is not. The same thing with Nigeria. You know, some of us refer to Nigeria as a project. There is no way Nigeria can be a project, can be effectively delivered. Lord Lugard brought us together, fused the north and the south together in 2014. It's over 100 years ago. Yet it doesn't work. Why does it not work? It's because you and I don't want it to work. The economy you are saying does not follow any pattern. The economy follows the pattern anyway. 
manipulate the system to make sure that the or will not allow the system to work. And that's why we will now say our economy does not follow the pattern. It's because we manipulate the system. Wow, the corruption will not allow this. Thank you so very much, sir. Uh, you can never have a problem with this guy. He's detailed to the point, his facts and figures. He's always ready to teach and he's always ready to learn. Thank you for coming to our program today. That was our session today on the Boots Environment, Java Project Technology, Java Tech Radio, Japanese FM. Next week, Wednesday, we're expecting architect Lawa to come and put us some insight into the architectural world. You don't know that means still my name and my host, Michael Zizan. Anybody would do. Thank you for coming, sir. Thank you so much. Manager, we bless you all. And if you, you photograph in the house. Thank you. Let's request the same time, same station, please join us. You can go online to 